0: Warning The following audio may contain content inappropriate for a younger audience. Also, spoilers will be included for the most recent episode of Game of Thrones. You have been warned. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: And welcome to A Feast for Bros. Thanks so much for joining us. Today we'll be discussing Episode 7, The Broken Man. It uh, really actually seems like there were two broken men this episode in the form of Theon and of course the return of Sander Clegane, which is the kind of the big reveal before the, the credit sequence rolled. I think it was the first time that's actually happened in Game of Thrones so far this season, where you kind of got a little uh, something before the credit sequence, so that was kind of cool. Uh, we're going to go ahead and start with uh, Sander Clegane's return, since that's kind of how they began the show. And, of course, there we're at Harrenhal, and it seems that Sander had been rescued by a group of uh, followers of the faith led by Septon Ray. Uh, and it was there's an interesting scene. You could kind of see how he was still, uh, Sander Clegane was still kind of, you know, he kind of transformed into a character who was trying to lead a different life. And you could see that the Septon was kind of pointing him in that direction. It's like, you know, you've, you've come back for a reason and even though you think that reason is hate, uh, he was kind of trying to convince Sander that no, there, you still have some purpose left. And of course, the question that they, they left us with is, well, what is his purpose now? And of course, the the faith, uh, you know, Ian McShane, Septon Ray, you can kind of tell that he was too nice to live. So unfortunately, <laughs> they, all, they all ended up getting killed uh, in just one episode, which was kind of a bummer. I have um, a but,
3: theory about that, but I'll get to that in my uh, predictions at the end.
2: Sure, yeah. 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 Well, go (laughs) ahead and name
0: yourself. Uh, Let's go ahead and introduce the other parts of the cast. Uh, I'm Jack Newman, and I am joined by my friend, Sean Solis. Hey, guys. And we also have here today uh, Benjamin Haworth.
3: Hello, everybody.
0: And on the other end of the cast, we have uh, Sarah Becker and Trevor Flynn.
4: Howdy. Hello.
2: Perfect. Sorry to slow it down.
1: <laughs> oh no, no, no worries.
2: Thanks, thanks for doing that. Um, so let's go ahead and let's go ahead and open it up for discussion on on the return of Clegane. So uh, Ben, you want to get us want to get us started?
3: Uh, sure. So I think the main thing is Clegane full fucking confirmed. Get hype. But I think the more important thing is, as you said, we see the Hound return. It's sort of an interesting theory. You know, there's this big theory running in the books about. The Broken Man, there's this um, preacher, Septon, that Brienne meets in the books who tells this whole story about this man that he found, that he was broken and full of wrath, and he returned him to the fold, and a lot of people think that character, was called Grave Digger, was Sander Clegane, so it's hard to say if this is actually from the books or this is a popular fan theory, which has always been running, uh, called Clegane Bowl, which is the ultimate fight between Clegane and Sander. Either way, we'll have to see where they're going with that it doesn't necessarily mean it but we do get to see something very interesting in the story which is uh sort of the theme of violence the show is very much always focused on violence and so you get sort of a magneto and x-men apocalypse moment where he's given up the fray he's not gonna murder anymore and then everyone who is happy of course gets murdered <laughs> so <laughs> he picks up his axe and makes a big magneto can moment. We not
0: can we not describe what the fuck happened by X-Men Apocalypse? Can that just be a thing yes. we don't fucking ever fucking do again? As a fucking It's the Magneto moment. It was the Magneto me. moment. I, it's not a moment. It's not a thing. People are not going to see that. That just needs to go die. Reboot the X-Men series. Fuck all of you.
1: <laughs>
3: I have feelings could, about this. Could not this. get an X-Men uh, thing <laughs> No, you cannot. <laughs> well, it's like any old... It's an action movie trope. I, I know.
0: you have seen it a million times. It's definitely... Times. It's a truck, it happens in I Rambo think, movies, you know. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, well, the first yeah, the first Rambo more more or less. It's about it, it. It is interesting to see him take on the non-violence perspective. I think Clegane still thinks violence is the answer. By the way, he picks up. He kind of proved himself, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like he's like you're gonna die. You're all gonna die, and then he's like they're all dead, and he's still like, well,
2: fuck. <laughs> it's like, it's, <laughs> It's you nine. could tell that he was you could tell that he was trying to like see the other side there, right? Because there were some discussions where you could you could kind of see that he was coming around to the Septon's point of view, and you could tell that he yeah. kind of enjoyed living in peace, but at the end of the day, he was just like you could tell that he was so upset, he's like, God damn it, I really wanted to hope that I could just go on with this life, but no. Uh,
3: can, to- we, can we just take a second to say Fucking I get using Ian McShane used him right, but man, one episode? One episode Oh, I And just missed Deadwood too much, but man, I need more Ian No McShane
4: one in my is life. safe on this show, not even Ian McShane. <laughs> oh,
1: so
0: I don't know. Fight. I was so s I was so surprised. I mean I realized that it was just like I liked it better in the book when he was talking in terms of like the broken man and having him as an ace in the hole. it's weird to me how they're doing it. And it's also weird to me that they use the red, the, like the, like the, uh, the banner hit, What is it? The brotherhood without banners yeah. as the villains here a little bit. Cause you clearly see the arrows and everyone that's kind of like their calling card type of deal. Um, I don't know. It just seemed, it just seemed a weird shift in that, uh, movements thought process. Yeah. I remember so I'm really, the brotherhood K-
5: without banners a lot more.
0: Yeah. The last they were time great. I, I mean, yeah. other, other than that, other than the fact that they morally compromised and gave Gendry away for money, like, like <laughs> I felt like... Well, I, uh... No, I still agreed with them. I mean, like, I understood, like, why they did it. Like, it's, like, a, more of, like, a, you know, compromise on a Ned Stark level than a compromise on a Peter Baelish level, you know? Right.
3: Well, I think... I, I'll just go ahead and say my, my prediction now, just in terms of this, which is I think that they're setting up Lady Stoneheart because... The whole hanging thing, the like massacre, that. everyone. It felt, and you know, they made big points to point out that Ray was a murderer and, like, gave up the thing, and I wouldn't be surprised if he was once a Frey or Lannister. Setting up what, then? Uh, 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 Lady Stoneheart, this is a big book spoiler, so I don't know whether I should say it or not, but she's a Isn't major, it a big major book sto- interesting character. I feel
0: like this has happened, this has happened, like, Lady Stoneheart happened far earlier in the books. And um, it's just the show. it's 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 just the show viewers. But I would say, like the show viewers have gone on record and they've lied before, saying that they're never going to do Lady Stoneheart. I do feel like it doesn't the Brotherhood of the Brotherhood without Banners doesn't make a whole lot of sense without Lady Stoneheart. And Brienne's also heading back down towards them, towards River Run, where the Brotherhood without Banners is. So it's I'm wondering if they will bring all those plot lines to completion in a different sort of way because I I agree with you Ben. I feel like they're setting it up and I feel like I don't understand where this is going without her as a has a characterization within the brotherhood without banners because it's just a vehicle for her at some point.
3: Right. Why make them the brotherhood? Why not just make them general thugs? You know what I mean? I feel like that's an important distinction.
0: Exactly. Like, like wh- why why, why, why other... were they so characterized? Right. Exactly. And why did why are, why are we forced to have like a 180 degrees on their on, on these religious types, like why are we having 180 degrees of what they believe versus what's happening now? Like, like this is entirely different than when we saw them a season ago, and we just not seen them for a whole well, season, which is when Lady Stoneheart would have taken over in that time period. So,
1: right? No well, idea. I don't know.
4: I mean, it is it is different behavior for the Brotherhood without Banners, but at the end of the day, it's Lord of Light people versus um, the New Seven Gods people, and it's you know a little bit like when we first got introduced to Melisandra and she shows up and they're burning the effigies of the seven gods. You know, well, now they've moved on from burning gods to burning or to destroying actual people them. who are well, this of a is the thing. Faith. I
0: never, I never thought of the Brotherhood without Banners as specifically a red god cult because they are more, they more had a political thing, and then the Red Priest of Mir, Thoros of Mir was just the guy running it. Do you know what I mean? Oh. Like there was a Red mm-hmm. Priestess, but he was, he was not in love. Like he had no faith in his god. Like so, they were never specifically a sect of the red faith but it appears to my mind that that's changed and which leads me to believe that ben is correct in saying that lady stoneheart's finally going to be a fucking thing which is which is interesting
5: we saw them so i mean the religion is alive and well for them in some sense
2: right and i think the 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 main point to make is that uh before those two guys left uh the campsite they said the night is dark and full of tears which of course is the the saying of the Red Religion. So you could tell that they yeah. was, they were they were sort of pitting up that that kind of battle between the two religions. Yeah,
0: they went they went out of their way to make sure we knew they were they were the red religion. Re- I keep saying the red right. religion, I apologize. And the <laughs> fact that they
3: they slaughtered everybody. There was not even like a robbery gone awry. It was like a it, especially with the hanging. It was a very much a clear They didn't clear, take women,
0: they didn't you. take children. They yeah, just they killed say. everyone. It was very brutal.
2: Yeah. So, so one question that I want to throw out is, do you think that Sander Clegane is going to kind of get anything from his experience? Because obviously the, the Seven kind of saved, or the, at least Septon Ray saved his life. So do you think he's going to have any loyalty to the Seven kind of going forward? No,
5: I just love the point where uh, they go off together and, and the Septon starts cursing. Um, <laughs> and just his Septon facade kind of breaks in front of the Hound, because like, the two of them know better. So,
0: I, I, he, I wouldn't say it's no better. I think like he just, I think he definitely has a public and private face and shows it yeah. to the Hound a little bit more. But I think like he still he still clearly believes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just right. less twisted. His belief might be more twisted and uh, more philosophical to him than it is to like people who he preaches to.
2: Mm-hmm. What what kind of struck me is I thought that if anyone was gonna get through to Sandra Clegane, it was gonna be Septon Ray because. Uh, you could kind of tell that he had a similar kind of past, where he was a fighter right. for a long time, and right. he just kind of came to the point where it's like, I don't want to lead that kind of life again, and I, I just want to like live here in peace, um, and I'm not going to take up fighting. And I think you could kind of see that that kind of that point of view appealed to Sandra McCain, and also in the sense that he wasn't trying to like, you know, indoctrinate him into the religion. It's just like, hey, I believe that there's like a higher power out there. It's maybe I'm not I'm not right, but you know, this is what I believe. So, I don't know. But I think anyone. so. I think so. I agree. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the north. Uh, there was actually quite a lot going on up there. There we had a we had a kind of a series of three different scenes going on up north. Um, so John and Sans are going around and they're trying to recruit uh, people to join their cause. And of course, they want and up...
4: Sir Davos.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, the ultimate pitch man. Sir Davos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, interestingly enough, we didn't see Melisandre, so you have to wonder kind of where she's at. But uh, but yeah, I so they're going working. around and. Uh, they're trying to recruit people to their cause, and uh, the first scene we see is there is with the wildlings, and uh, you know you can see that John is very successful in kind of making the pitch that, hey, um, you know I had, and it, maybe it's even it's more of, uh... oh Christ, what's his, uh... I'm blanking on the name of the of your <laughs> your avatar, Ben, what's his name. Torment. Uh, Torment. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's almost Torment almost made the case better, I think, than, than John did. It's like, you know, this guy, you know, put his life on the line and literally died for us so that we could escape the White Walkers. So we, we, we literally owe him. Well, it's um, an
3: interesting
2: clash between the three of them, which I think is very interesting. You know, you
3: have John, who's this reluctant messiah kind of figure, almost like he doesn't want to be doing this but he knows he has to you have sansa who wants to say i'm in charge i want to take over the stark legacy but she's seeing that like oh shit everything rob did especially with the uh, uh glover house glover like oh man like they hate us now you know seeing that kind of fall apart and then davos being like i don't know what to do but i just i go with whoever's in charge and these people seem like they're in charge you know Anyways, as I was saying, I'm liking the, the, the parallel between Jon, Sansa, and Davos and their different uh, ideologies and the different ways that they're trying and failing or possibly succeeding in trying to get loyalty.
5: There's a fanfic out there where Davos is the head of a marketing firm. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's so good. I would love Davos to be on an infomercial like, I don't know much, but I know
0: that OxyClean... <laughs> we'll get <to> those <laughs> I it's funny to me how Davos is like easier around the lords than like he's the lowest born of everyone there, and yet he's way easier talking to the lords where I guess the little lady I guess oh, in this context it's the little lady. She was amazing she like was as a fantastic. character. I like, yeah, I, Bella I, I, Ramsey, that's
3: the actress. She's great. <laughs> she was so good. Wait, wait,
0: wait. Is her name actually Bella Ramsey? Bella Ramsey. That's according to Wikipedia. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, she was like it's sad that like one of the best kings we've seen on the show is a twelve year old. <laughs> like she was Ten-year-old. so good. Ten year old, yeah. No. But like, I love that. She, you it's it's nice to see a, a a child king who uh or I guess child lord rather. Who, does uh, suck lady. balls? <laughs> yeah, who like was was raised before her love, her right before? She
5: put her hand up. when her maesters whispering her. She's like, no, no, I got it. I got it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what what kind of struck me about that whole scene is that you know if, if we were in better times, you could totally see uh, her like Lady Mormont and uh, Arya Stark just being like BFFs, <laughs> right, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: I love, too. Well, though,
5: like Sansa took the whole like. I don't know, like girl talk approach, like oh you're, you know, I love your hair and like didn't, shut up. didn't, didn't fly. fly. Right. <laughs> didn't fly.
0: She's like, I am not a great beauty. My mother was not a great beauty. Go fuck yourself. Like, it, was just, <laughs> it, was such, I, it was such a great moment. Like it was it's just like it's nice to like it's a it's a it's another wo- moment in which they're kind of like re like quantifying. Like the Northerners, or at least the quality Northerners, and it's, this is House Mormont, which is famously exiled Jorah Mormont. So it's it's coming back around to that whole bit, where like these people are stern as fuck. <laughs> like they, yeah. will, like if you break the rules, they will sell you to like you know they will cast you out hardcore. Because this is Jorah, and then like, that's why the Lord Commander was a Mormont because like he was atoning for Jorah running away. <laughs> like, right. So it's hardcore. And right. I think that's it, it's going to be its thing. It's going to come up later. Is like even though this is a little girl, she's hardcore as fuck too.
3: Well, yeah, and so is Jorah. Like even though he's like a, a, you know, he's one of the more like noble characters in the show. It's in one some ways, you know. You can see the moremont the Mormont clan raises strong people. It's very mm-hmm. true, and I like it, it. Was almost an office joke, but I still liked it. Where it's like we'll give you sixty two men.
2: I'm just like oh one of my <laughs> one of my favorite Reddit comments is like yeah if Bear Islanders are like 10 times what Northerners are and Northerners are 10 times what Southerners are does, does that mean it's really 62,000 like
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that and I love Bron echoed that comment he's like there's not a whole fighter it's like looking for the man with the biggest cock and an army of eunuchs <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was like I love I was like I've missed Bron and I really like the Jamie Bron comment you. we'll get there we'll get we'll there. get there we'll um, get we got to move on and i am taking over this now since we talked about torment a minute well, i love we talked about it enough but if moving on from there we have to talk about the other people that we well, encountered up north oh uh, sorry someone else
3: no no i just we we need to talk about what sansa was writing but we'll get there whenever we, just before we well leave, I, we think, to make sure I think we i think it's that. important
0: because she writes it after she encounters the glovers hmm. yeah cuz the glovers mm-hmm. the glovers are the instigating moment when and and here's the thing is like the the bear the bear islanders Their oath is not actually... The majority of people in the North have an oath to the Warden of the North or the King of the North, depending on how you put it. But it's not a specific oath to the House Stark. The Bear Islanders specifically have a specific oath to House Stark. And they swore their oath for all time. So whereas people have to renew their oaths to the House, to the new individual, when they get a new Stark, they have to renew their oaths to that specific Stark the Bear Islanders don't have to because they owe their loyalty to the Stark name for all time. <laughs> like it's, and it's, it's crazy to make a distinction between that and somebody else like house Glover who really is on a harder, is like on hard times. And because of the way of everything that's going on, it's like easy to see them. It's like, you know, like they don't, they don't go out of their way to kill them, but they're like, how the fuck are we supposed to help you?
2: Right. Well, I think there's a distinction too, in the sense that like the Glovers had already put their lives on the line. For Rob, and that didn't turn out very well for them. I think they had lost their, you know, because the the remaining the Lord of the the House Glover is now the brother of the of the old king who died in the in the Battle of the Five Crowns. So they they've obviously suffered quite a lot, and it's like, I don't, I think the issue is that they weren't able to make a persuasive case uh, because their numbers just aren't well enough, and it's like you know. We put a we put ourselves on the line already and it didn't work out like what, what why are we going to do it again for you when we don't really know that you can win this anyway Not to mention,
0: I thought it was interesting that, like, they made a case that the Boltons are doing good things in the North. Like, they came and drove out the goddamn Ironborn, and, like, it was a pestilence on the North, and, like, the Boltons are taking care of the North, so, like, why are we going to drop that when you obviously... I think think there's a really good case to be made there, even if Ramsay is a fucking psychopath, and (laughs) it comes Mm -hmm. up, he's like, I could be skinned for talking for you, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I have, like, I'm 90% sure, like, some shitty... Is going to befall you on Ramsey's back.
3: Right. Well, I think it's the thing. It's like, I think if the, the big deal with killing Roos is a big part of it, you know, I think a lot of people would be like, yeah, Roos is a fucking asshole, but, you know. I could kind of live. No, under no, no, him, no. You know? like
0: I'm not gonna lie. Like if it was, if I was in the north right now, and like let's say I had 62 men, I'd be betting my sh- chips on Roos. Like I, if yeah. Roos was there, I'd be all about swearing allegiance to that motherfucker. Like he's scary, but I'm just gonna go live in my castle. <laughs> yeah. And like when trouble comes up, he's my friend. Like that's cool. <laughs> I like that relationship.
2: <laughs> well, let's also remember too that the the other big objection that the Glovers had is that the majority of the Stark army are wildlings. And of course, like the North has been historically fighting the wildlings for like hundreds and hundreds of years, so now they like show up on their doorstep with like this wildling army. It's like, whoa, what is going on? Like, <laughs> yeah.
0: like obviously you're desperate, but like it also it says a lot of different things. Like, a, they're wildlings. B, really, like I know the the, the Night's Watch don't really see it that way, but I don't. I think everyone else is going to view John as a pretty hardcore deserter. Like that, that has to come mm-hmm. home to roost at least with the other houses especially since the starks have been enforcing sending people there for like hundreds of years so for somebody to leave it's, well i, I think I, it's kind of it's gonna feel hypocritical to everyone else i right.
2: think i think the thing that's gonna do him more damage is the fact that he's a bastard not necessarily the fact that he like left the night's watch because uh, i mean if you if you think about it like that oath only goes until he dies and he died so i think that's like a well who the fuck's
0: word. gonna believe that sean yeah. like i'm not gonna like i mean the, the point is is like effectively he is a deserter like effectively because no one's going to believe he came back to life and no one's going to believe in the White Walkers. And I kind of thought it was a disservice to that girl that they allowed her to think that. And I like, I don't so. care. I don't think if, da- I don't care if Davos is telling me it. And like, trust me, that man could probably convince me that, you know, the sky is down or what, I don't know. <laughs> fucking, that's something uh, like equally ridiculous. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'd, like Davos would be the world's most convincing flat earther or something ridiculous like that. <laughs> but um, I, think, uh, I
3: think Mormont, <laughs> especially in the North, you have more people who do actually believe in that i think it's more likely you have people who actually do believe that there is such a thing as white walkers it's not just fantasy it is a reality that comes
2: every now and then you know especially
0: especially a small girl
2: yeah well yeah i mean i think it was more of what made davos so effective there is that he was appealing to her in terms of like the situation that he found himself it's like you know, I found myself in this situation. I didn't want to be in this situation, but I've, you know, I've, I have to deal with it. I know that, you know, this there's a life-threatening event, like a, like a civilization-threatening event that's coming, and you have to deal with it. And she kind of was able to relate to that in her position as well, so I think that's what really made that kind of an effective appeal, where John and Sansa were trying to appeal to her on a whole, like, different level in terms of A, loyalty, and B, like, as a, as a woman, you know, woman-to-woman. But the whole idea of, like, duty and loyalty it was kind of what won her over at the end of the day. Which is what you would yeah. expect from the Warmonts, of course. But uh, let's, let's talk about the letter. Uh, so Ben, did you want to say something there?
3: Yeah, yeah, Sansa we see at the end uh, sort of hurriedly writing the letter. We don't see to who, but she puts her official Stark seal on and I think, oh, I'll probably agree, it's probably the Littlefinger, right? I mean, that's what I'm feeling, that it's most yeah. likely oh. an appeal, to Littlefinger. She's probably selling herself, say, maybe even going as far as to say, like I'll just try to marry you if you save the day. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if she's going that far, because I definitely think she sees how outnumbered they are. She knows that the she's still in- could win the day. I just think that it's she doesn't want to do it, but I think she kind of knows she has to. Well,
0: what? That's why nice. the fuck isn't she sharing this information with John? It still makes no sense. That she's not sharing it with John, and it comes—it's almost like a horror movie moment where you're like, "Don't go through that door, you idiot!" Like, share <laughs> this with John. Like, keeping this secret does not make any sense, and especially what like her keeping secrets—like it's just—it's artificially ramping this up to be an issue in the third act of this series when it, this shit gets no, hits the like fan, it, and they're like,
5: "I don't feel like there's Trevor? some emotional like rationalization going on there in that decision for her because Littlefinger represents." just everything she's been through for her, kind of, like, the agency of all of it, and she doesn't want to bring that back. She doesn't want to, like, trust him with all of that baggage, it
2: seems like. Well, I think if if anyone is going to, I mean, if anyone knows, like, what what, Littlefinger is capable of and, like, how untrustworthy he is, like, it's going to be Sansa, because he has screwed her over already. So I think that she's going to be, I hope she's, like, the best equipped to kind of, like, you know, you can't just trust this guy, you kind of have to have your guard up.
3: And, and um, I think, yeah, I think that's why she hasn't told anybody till then. But yeah, maybe doing a raven behind everyone's back is not the best answer. But we'll see.
2: Yeah, what did you guys think about? Like, it seems to me that John and Sansa had completely different outlooks in terms of like the situation going forward. Like, John is like, "Oh, we have enough men. Like, we can take the Boltons." And Sansa's like, kind of freaking out about it. It's like, "Oh shit!" So, do you think that has to do with the fact that like John came back to life and he's just like. You know, I got, I survived. Like, fuck
0: it. Like, what do I have
2: to do? I, I think yeah, John he, has he, he faced a lot of lost. impossible
0: situation. Like, that's the issue. John has is faced John just like doesn't fight with fair odds and hasn't fought with fair odds till now. Yeah. So, like, there's like this element of John where it's like he's just like, oh, I'm gonna muddle through this shit some more. And I, I believe that's believable at this point because like every other action up north is against like an invincible wildling army, an invincible White Walker army. He's never like fought an actual army and so I feel like he's coming back down north and he's just like, Yeah, I mean these are men, like we can fight them. <laughs> right, not that's true. Like that, I, I killed a nice zombie. Come on.
4: <laughs> not only that, it's but Sansa really can't afford for uh Rob or not for Rob, for John to lose. Because if that's they true. lose then she gets sent back to Ramsey and well, we can all kinda guess what's gonna happen to her if she gets sent back to Ramsey. So she yeah. just, she's like, get all of the fucking men you can, because if I don't, I don't want to live anymore.
0: <laughs> no, true. no, I think true. that's, I think that's true. Like, if it came down to that, I think she would kill herself.
3: Oh, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I like, agree.
0: Because she has
3: that kind of agency now, yeah.
0: I think she does. I think, I think they've, ta- I think they've gone out of their way to establish the fact that she's a different character and they want her to have agency and they want her to be in play. Um like it was like it's like Sansa had her own little as shitty as it might be training montage as well. Um <laughs> again as shitty as that sounds.
2: No, yeah, no I agree. I mean she she definitely grew a lot as a character and uh you know you can tell that she's she like learned a lot from that experience. Like obviously it's a very different experience that Arya went through, but it still like aged her significantly.
0: Well Arya Arya and Sansa have different experiences in terms of like their losing faith in the world whereas like Sansa when she's in King's Landing is doing her like bird in a cage phase Whereas, like, later on, it it evolves, but only evolves, like, after the show, like, makes the rape the evolution scene for her, as opposed to it was more and happens in the Eerie. Um, whereas, like, the the reverse of that is, like, Sander Clegane, like, both of them lose their innocence in an interesting fashion, but Sander Clegane versus Peter Baelish losing their, like, losing their innocence in different ways, as it were. Mm -hmm.
2: Well, let's go ahead, and uh, I think this is a good way to kind of segue into river run because as we know um last uh i think it was last episode uh sansa had sent um brienne down to river run in order to go talk to the Blackfish and see if the tollies could send uh their forces up to to go uh reinforce the starks before they you know before they begin the assault on the boltons so uh if ben if you would like to kind of fill us in on that scene that'd be great yeah it's uh, it's
3: a fun one uh Jamie and uh, picked up Braun while he led the Vanister An- Army, because who doesn't want a little bit more Jamie and Braun in their life? And uh, they come to Riverrun, where the Freys have uh, been doing terribly. <laughs> they are once again <laughs> screwing up everything. They can only murder people when they're not ready, and that's about it. Um, the Freys have, uh, oh, I forget his name, Edmure. Edmure and they keep threatening hey we're going to murder him the Blackfish goes go for it <laughs> and they go "No nah, shit so uh, the Lannisters come they do a uh, we're taking over this case and uh, decide to uh, set up shop before that uh, though Jamie meets with the Blackfish and the Blackfish goes look I'm ready to be here for two fucking years so bring it I don't care I, I, I'm never going to say the war is over you murdered all of my family so I don't give a shit Mm-hmm. And uh, Jamie did not seem ready for that, so this is a very interesting little bit of, of setup there. And I love the
2: Blackfish; She's such a cool badass. <laughs> it was it was a really great yeah. scene because you could you could kind of see how you know you're not gonna this isn't a guy you can reason with because you know he, he said it. He's like, "Hey, I grew up in this castle, and I'm perfectly content to die here. You know, I don't really have all that much to lose at this point, And if I can take like a couple thousand of your guys with me, like I'm perfectly happy to do that." Um, and you can kind of tell that he, you know, with a line where he's like, "The only reason I met with you was to size you up as a person." And I'm, I'm disappointed. <laughs>
3: yeah, and he also that great line where he's like, "Sieges are boring, so you
1: know, <laughs> it's
0: something to do." You might as well come and die on my walls, type of thing. I mean, he's goading him. I mean, I think that's even the point. Is like, I'm wondering if like it's a it's a bluff that they have two years supplies because I don't I don't understand how he could have two year supplies in this war torn kind of world, but like. It's it's weird to me that it's almost like he's goading Jamie into attacking.
3: Right. He was definitely trading on Jamie's pride for sure. That, oh, uh, he enjoyed
0: it. I think. I think it might. The, part of that, I felt tactical. But I mean, I agree with you guys that part of that felt like he was just having a good time because that's who he is as a person. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> like, well, he's finally lose, got some. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna unman you as a person. <laughs> right. Well, he's
3: finally got some power, you know, since, uh, since the red wedding, you know. So why not? Jesus Christ! I and, forget you know?
0: he, I forget he escaped the red wedding. That's yeah, hard. That's hardcore that episode mode, dude.
4: Today it was brutal.
0: Yeah, that's that's <laughs> oh, why he's
3: I, never d- gonna fucking surrender you know if you see that shit you're like yeah i'm not giving up to you he's like there's no
0: you'll uh, why would you like that's the thing is like there it's 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 kind of crappy in a way but like i think that's why the phrase are gonna continue to be the butt of jokes is because like when you fight a fray like like total war is the only option right like think about like the only thing that makes sense is for you to fight all out with everything to murder the opponent because you know you cannot like there's like the sh- like the chivalric ways are like not don't apply to these people because like obviously like they're at the gates with edmer he's a prisoner and they're gonna cut his throat <laughs> like, well, and you know you know that they
5: to the letter whereas the starks didn't hold up their end so i don't know if that's a fair criticism but
0: what do you what do you mean
5: the whole reason the Red Wedding happens is that the Starks didn't fulfill their end of the deal. Like, you talk about the, the phrase... No, not, not no, 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 no. There's, so a,
0: difference, there's a difference between, and code of conduct, between breaking an oath and punishing them and giving, like, giving uh, the salt, salt or, or food or to the individual, salt and bread to the individual, and promising them guest rights. Like, mm-hmm. that's an important bit, yeah, and, and a it's point. a breaking... There's a difference... I think there's, like, levels of codes. Like, you can break an alliance with an individual, and that's bad that person doesn't have to like you but they have to abide by some ancient laws and the salt and bread is is clearly a very very ancient law yeah
2: no it's it's paramount you can tell that even with the alliance thing like the the starks are trying to repair that by like oh well you know even though rob got married you know we'll we'll still give you edmire you know he's he's going to be the lord of river run so you get married into that line so it was you could tell that they were trying to like repair that damage and when walter Frey, like not all, was like oh you know he falsely said that oh yeah i'm, I'm totally cool with that but the, yeah the, the whole bread and salt i think it was just like it's like the worst thing you could possibly do to like intrude on like the guest right so I, I agree with jack that the phrase are obviously like in the wrong and yeah you can't reason with these people mm-hmm. like yeah, I total it's whatever's best where, for them
4: um, where uh, bran and hodor and jojin and all of them are up uh, at the wall and uh, brand tells the story of the rat cook and at the end of the story he says the gods weren't even angry with him for you know killing the king's boy or feeding the boy to to the king in a pie they were mad because he killed a guest in his house and that's like the worst right. thing you can do when he was to be punished for all eternity and then as he's finishing that story the scene cuts to um argus filch head fray whatever <laughs> Frey. like Walder Frey yes you know cutting up some bacon you're like oh well this is very clearly in oh, reference yeah. Yeah. to what this fucker did
3: and I think in that scene he's actually cleaned up the blood with salt which is like a big like
1: oh. holy shit oh, man, <laughs> yeah
0: yeah. He's I mean they def- that scene is loaded with with just like a I think like it's clear to me that like they are, are loading everything and loading the imagery here and loading what's happening to suggest that um, the world and like the code of conduct that exists in this world is breaking down, and they and they went over that uh, pretty concisely with Arya and the Hound when they were going through the world, and they just killed the dude, and it's just like this is just the world we live in now. Like you either are strong or you die, and like right. the whole point of those code of conducts is that we could get away from this. And I think that's the issue is like the phrase have a comeuppance coming but it's it's interesting i love it how it's not like a comeuppance because and and the audience wants the comeuppance to happen but like it's hap it's gonna happen because they violated the rules in such a way and (laughs) it's gonna be thematic i'm gonna really enjoy um Mm. i i I don't know i really wanted like i really want them to flesh out black walder and the other phrase so that i can at least enjoy them you know, knowing them and knowing how much of a shit they are, so I can enjoy it when they get killed. It's gonna so, be fun. So real,
2: real quick before we finish this little line, we know that uh, Brienne's gonna reach uh, River Run in the next episode. So what do you guys think going forward is gonna happen there? Do you think Brienne's gonna be able to convince uh, the Blackfish that oh, we need to go help the Starks, like, or how are they even gonna get extricate themselves from the situation of being under siege? Like, what do we think is gonna happen next episode there?
0: The big thing with Brienne is... Okay, go ahead, Sarah. Sorry.
4: Well, I think she's going to find some way to collaborate with Jamie. Like, even if it's just, you know, just let the blackfish, like, secretly slip out. Well, actually, the blackfish probably won't leave. So that's a bad idea. But, you know what I mean? She's going to do something to convince Jamie to either, you know, quit the siege or, you know, let half their army like quietly slip out the back but then they can still pre- pretend that they're all there i don't know i feel like brienne's a, a good influence on jamie
3: well it'll be interesting to see how much jamie cares you know he's been ostracated he got a job he didn't even want you know does he really give a shit ultimately about the tallies you know what i mean so I mean, it, it would be interesting does... go ahead yeah no me. well, i mean that's the thing it's like does he he probably doesn't exactly want the Starks back at Winterfell, but he also probably doesn't give a shit about the Boltons like his dad did, which is much more no. like for political reasons, mm. you know. Yeah, And he's at a breaking point. I could see him being like,
5: yeah, fuck all this. <laughs> mm-hmm. It'd be hard to he's do when you've merged 7,000 yeah. men, how, you know. How clueless he was going into it, like, that he thought... Um, he yeah, he funny.
3: really thought, like, oh i hes gonna leave when he sees this. Like, I'm know? looking.
5: I'm looking because I don't, you know, know this plot thread as, as much, like where the blackfish comes from and his history as much. But I'm looking at the set, and Jamie's on the drawbridge talking to him. Is like, no, you need to leave. And the guy is like, this is my home, and they're little—they're blackfish cut into everything, like on the property. Yeah. like it's obviously he's the one who should be there. It's on his right. Like,
3: <laughs> There's fish everywhere. <laughs> you're clearly in the
5: wrong, man. Like the scenery is on his side. Like, I don't yeah, know.
3: good, good. It's, very good costuming to show like that bright red Lannister colors just with like a bunch of gray and black and like, you're in the wrong
2: fucking town. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so I, think, uh, I, I agree with you, Sarah. And I think kind of what's going to happen is I think your theory could kind of, uh, really come to, to fruition, especially if like shit starts going down in King's Landing where like Tom and her Cersei are threatened and they send a letter to Jamie. It's like, Oh shit, we need you back. Then that would really like encourage him to like speed up all this stuff in river run because I don't think he cares anyway, but like if if his family is endangered, like that is gonna really just kind of force force his hand and kind of make right. him like get out of there. I think so.
0: All right, I wanna I wanna make a bet, um, <laughs> and I, I I feel like I have to make redemption for myself because I've been wrong, and I think people are right that game Bowl is gonna happen now. Or that's the only thing, and I, and I think that like my disbelief about Cook Game Bowl has kind of been proven wrong. So, <laughs> moving forward with this series, I need to I need a redemption bet. So, I bet in the next two episodes, Lady Stoneheart is going to appear. Okay, but but bet. here's the thing. Okay. Here's the thing. The loser has to eat on air. <laughs> habanero pepper. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I, I was, I'm on board with you, Jack. So I'm not going against you on that
0: one. No, I know. I, I was like, does anyone disagree with me?
4: <laughs> no, but could you do a very very brief summary of who Lady Stoneheart is again? I have read okay the book. This it's is okay. In a very uh, well, long well, time.
0: Yeah, let's go ahead and say, um, big spoiler territory coming here. So if you don't want to know who Lady Stoneheart is, fast forward. Uh, you know, about a minute. Anyways, Lady Stoneheart is uh, Caitlin Stark, okay, and what happened I do remember this; I just
4: forgot that that was what she was called. Yeah,
0: right, 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 right. So the the, the prediction is it's weird to me, and we're going back towards River Run. we we're, we're like these were all parts of the book that just haven't happened because you know people are like you know JB goes to the River Run, and instead he's been going to Dorne all last season. But like mm-hmm. I feel like the, the the show is like eventually getting to all these points that it just didn't do in the past. And like them saying they weren't going to do Lady Stoneheart is maybe a holding pattern for us to accept it over the last two seasons that they just didn't have time to do Lady Stoneheart. But now that they've evolved The phrase, now that they've evolved River Run, it would be a big reveal that Lady Stoneheart shows up. So I think it's going to happen. Does anyone want to take the bet?
2: Um, I don't think Lady Stoneheart's going to happen. However, um, I'm going to put a bet on the table as well. <laughs> and my bet is that... Within by the end of the season, Margaery will have uh, outmaneuvered all of the Lannisters that are there. Okay, you
0: cannot say that. You have to be specific about what's going to happen, Sean. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) how is she outmaneuvering
2: them? That uh, either either Tommen or Cersei will be dead by the end of the season. Okay, that's a that's a hell of a bet. That's a hell of a bet. So, uh, I'll take, go against that. I'll bet. take
0: that game, but like, what's what's your bet? Like, what's, what, what are we betting? Are, are you going to buy me a new PS4? Like, what's going to happen? Well, no, no, no. <laughs> here's, here's,
2: here's what's going to happen. So if, uh, uh, if I'm right and you're wrong, then you do the habanero pepper. If you're right and I'm wrong, I do the habanero pepper. And if we're both right, we cancel each other out. That sounds... <laughs> That sounds good.
0: That's an industry. And if you're both bet.
3: wrong, you both eat the habanero pepper at the same time. <laughs> yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> and we'll confirm on air, so we'll turn on the Skype video and we'll watch each other do it. It's gonna suck. Deal. Um, I mean, I'm meaning, I'm meaning like a, I am meaning like a, one of those death chili peppers, whatever the fuck no, they're gosh. called, like uh, ghost, ghost peppers. peppers. Oh, you oh, guys are gonna pass out. Pepper. There is
4: actually one even hotter than that. It's called like the Carolina pepper. Fuck or something you, Sarah. Like <laughs> <God>. <laughs>
2: Say it. You realize that like is. the difference between like a habanero pepper and a ghost pepper is like a factor of like five thousand, right? Yes, <laughs> A Million more <laughs> just, like just yeah, like it just a has
0: lot. to suck. Like you just don't want to eat it the pepper. That's all it suck. is. <laughs> 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 okay. Right. Right. God, Does anyone want to take? So like instead of this, I do want to make a bet. But do you want to make like a season? I think, like, we might... Next episode, we could also take this, like... You're saying that, like, Cersei Lannister and Toman both have to die before the season is out. No, I said one of, one of the two. One of the two will die. Oh, I don't I fucking take that. You already took it. You already took it. Actually, you know what? I, I... I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Does anyone want to take a part of my, uh... Does anyone want to take a part of my, uh lady stoneheart protection bet
2: <laughs> what's the be what's the timeline like, for lady stoneheart like we're we talking like the end of the series two the end of the season? episodes two next episode. two episodes okay right. she's gonna know, appear
0: this, at
4: the end of it
3: well, i want to be three
1: episodes
3: <laughs> i
4: want to be mm-hmm. the finale i think this season I don't know this how many episodes no,
2: I in are we we're at seven so t- next seven. episode is
0: eight yeah wait 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 because three is the end of the series right
4: End of the season, Right, yeah.
0: there's three more yeah. in, this, in the season. Yeah. So, like, I guess, like, just Lady Stoneheart will be will appear before the season's out. Does anyone want to yeah. take that? I'll
3: take that.
0: Yeah. All right, so I got... Ben and me got Lady Stoneheart, and, and Sean and me... I'm going to eat a ghost pepper, whatever the fuck happens. God <laughs> fucking damn it.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, now, now, that, now, we're so Sean,
2: <laughs> now that we're done with that, we should move the cast along. Sounds um <laughs> So the next place we want to go is uh, Volantis, and we've got a great wait, scene. We've got to talk about the, the,
5: the, the, the line
2: that Oleana and the scene that Oleana and Cersei... Oh, we'll, we we'll get to King's Landing. We'll get to King... Don't worry,
5: don't worry. Oh, let's I'm sorry. There. I thought we were... No, already.
2: King's Landing's yeah, next.
0: Okay. All
5: right. okay. Yeah, my bad,
2: my bad. Um, we'll, get so, we'll get
5: there. So let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's do Volantis
2: real quick, because it's a little oh, one yeah, that we yeah, can yeah. knock out real fast. Mm-hmm. So if, uh, if, Sarah, you want to take us away on what happened there.
4: Sure, this is a rather short scene in the episode. Um, the, the Greyjoys, the Ironborn, have, have left Pike, and they're on their way to go meet up with Daenerys. And this is a little scene of them in a tavern in Volantis. And we see Yara getting some tush. Um, yeah. Which is kind of exciting, um, but uh, the the sort of crux of the scene, I guess, is Yara trying to um, pull her brother out of his reek shell and remind him that he is in fact a Greyjoy. He is Ironborn. Drink your ale and man up because we're going to war.
3: All right, it was great. Well, <laughs> that's how I, you learn how to drink. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think
4: it, drink was your ale. Of,
0: it was kind of the first time in a while. That like Theon was confronted with the ability that he just couldn't do it. I mean, this is the first time that there's like been like prostitutes there that he could hire himself. Right. So like, I think it's like it was a rough moment for him. And and no offense, Sarah, I love how polite you are, but like she's getting some ass. Like we just, <laughs> we just,
1: we just, just not it's a squish. major ass. Yeah.
4: I <laughs> mean, I was gonna say getting some <laughs> pussy, but you
0: know. I like that. I like that. <laughs> I like I'm that. I'm
4: going to go fuck the tits off of this one now, is exactly what she said.
3: Sarah, please say that to your girlfriend. Please. <laughs> <just> <laughs> once. Please. What are you to do
0: after this, cast? Because she's not know, like caught up Southern. with the show,
1: so
3: that would no, be so uh, she's, fucking she's funny. No, she's going to
4: finish season four, like, tomorrow, which means I have to go buy season five now because I haven't done that yet. <laughs>
3: you <laughs> need Jesus. to try this in a closed <laughs> environment where she doesn't know it's a reference. <laughs> yeah, Sarah's just going to go full
1: pirate. <laughs> Pir- the pirate the vaguely pussies. northern <laughs> <laughs> northern oh, pirate wow.
2: accent, yes. Oh god! The other funny thing about this, uh, the scene is, I thought this was like the biggest, like most ridiculous teleportation powers we've seen so far. Because let's remember that the Iron Islands are like on the other side of the world from Volantis, and somehow they've like gone around the continent <laughs> and somehow gotten to Volantis. And it was so ridiculous that even like After the Thrones commented about like how absurd that that, that actually, there's no way they would get there that fast
0: <laughs> Well I think at this
5: point Remember there's no unity of time in the series anymore like, mm-hmm. yeah. Especially with Arya's plot too I think is progressing <laughs> much like slower than
0: Remember Well that's Sean. the weird thing about Game of, Game of ships. Thrones is
3: that Game of Thrones Each section could take place weeks between each other and then the other section could be days, like it's very odd pacing in Game of Thrones. You can't kind of take Game of Thrones to be like, this happens all at the same time? Which I agree is... Uh, kind of bullshit but it is kind of how they work it's very bizarre
0: i'm not gonna lie i actually like i would i i have a complaint with this season in game of thrones right now like i know kind of what's coming at least in the next season or so so like i'm ready for it to just goddamn get there and that's kind of a problem as being a book reader i'm just like oh man we're taking so much fucking time like it's funny too with me because like when i read the books like there's so much wealth of knowledge that's going on in the background, and there's so much interconnected extra knowledge there that you can pour over it. It's like Bloodborne. Like there's all this knowledge, so you want to go and read everything and make sure you know everything. But in the series, sometimes it's like it's so focused on characters, and it's like I know it's gonna happen. Fuck off and go to the next scene. <laughs> like, like, get there. And I, I think that's yeah. that's an interesting experience. This like I'm not sure that book readers are honestly are gonna enjoy this show as it is. Right. Yeah,
3: I mean, it, it's 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 pure into, like, somewhat fiction y but definitely at least in terms of, like, it's more of a show now than an adaptation. It's definitely, like, right. let's right. get this shit moving, you know? Like, let's move these characters along. I don't care how long it takes to get to play this. They're there, because right. I want them to be there, you know? It's, like, oh, it, yeah. it's interesting, but it is also, yeah, a bit jarring, because, like, you can definitely
2: just feel that change, for, especially from last season, where last season was very slow right i think the the biggest the kind of the best example of this is that it literally takes an entire book for for aria to get from king's landing to bravos um, so you're just like following her along on this on this trek every time and it, and i think this is this is maybe a feast for crows which i think is the the book that like drags the most but you can tell that they've they've totally like kind of unshackled themselves from the books in that sense where it's like yeah we're gonna we're gonna get this done but um speaking of getting things done um i want to move to king's landing um so this is a there's actually a lot that goes on in this scene i think um so we finally we meet up with marjorie again and she has uh gotten herself out of the uh the seven pointed uh, sept and she's back at king's landing and she's still putting on the show because it looks like uh the high septon has uh you know these. Uh, I guess I'm. I'm going to call her a nun. <laughs> it's basically just following Marjorie yeah. around to make sure that she's not like shame lady, <laughs> right? Yeah, a shame lady is following Marjorie around to make sure that her behavior is, I guess, in accordance for what the high sparrow wants her to do. Um, and uh, there's another kind of moment where Marjorie and and the high sparrow are talking, and she makes uh, he makes two points. It's first that you know I've got a problem with your grandma. You know she's a sinner, and then she, he makes the point that it's like, oh, and also I I hear that you and Tom and are cooking up, and girl, you need to get like a you need to get something in your house.
0: <laughs> super uncomfortable.
2: Yeah, Bernie was like, you gotta get laid. You gotta get. Lie back
4: baby and in think you. of High Garden.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I think the reason that he did that is uh, he, he realizes that there's no like, that there's a huge succession succession problem right now because if Tom and dies, like, it's really unclear like who the heir would be because. Obviously, he doesn't have kids, he doesn't have any brothers, um, and there are no more, like, Baratheons uh, in the world at this point. So it would be, like, a huge crisis for the crown if, if Tommen dies and we don't have anybody to succeed him. So I, you can kind of see that he's got an agenda there where he still, like, wants to have control over what's going on with the crown. Um, but the other yeah, he's kind of... trying
3: uh, to seed uh, the faith into the, the Barathean line. Yeah. Definitely. Oh,
2: absolutely. Yeah, it's like the the opposite of the separation of church and state, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: <laughs> he wants a little baby to put all his Bernie ideas into. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the other thing, the other big thing that I really just wanted to say that happens here is that you can see that uh, while uh, Marjorie is able to convince Elena to go back to High Garden, uh, she also gives her a picture with the High Garden or the Tyrell crest on it, which signals that Marjorie. Is in full control of what's going on, and, and still has the Tyrell interests at heart. Um, so you can kind of see right. that she's 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 still plotting.
0: Well, I think it's 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 good. It's nice. It's a small moment, but it's nice to see Marjorie playing the game. Like, because Marjorie is proto Cersei to some extent, and I think it was terrifying to see Septum. The septum behind her. And you realize that she's really in a controlled position. And they're going to continue to try to control her. To use her to control the king. So it's going to be... It's gonna be fascinating to see where this goes or how she plays it i i have no doubt that her and cersei are gonna have a reckoning for the septum like that's just gonna be a thing that happens Jack,
4: i'm sorry i have to stop you the septum is like the middle bit of your nose <laughs> 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 what is it what is, what is
0: what is sept no it's septum it's s-e-p-t-u-m isn't it septa Sept. What? Who gives a fuck? A <laughs> <I'm sorry, laughs> partitioning between eye. two chambers, such as that between the nostrils of the chambers of the heart. <laughs> 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 oh my god! Uh, yeah. Okay. Septa. Uh, septum mordaine, I think is what they said. So <laughs> my. <laughs> So, My bad. Uh, SEPTA uh, is also the Southeast Pennsylvania Transportation Authority.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Marjorie is talking to the Duodenum. <laughs> the thing that um, that kind of struck me about the scene too is that Marjorie is like very comfortable with sending Elena back to High Garden, and what's kind of been it, what the case so far the season is that Elena's kind of been in control with like what's happening in terms of like what's going on in the small council. Um, so. It's, it was almost a moment where Marjorie's like, it is like, this is my time. Like, I'm kind of stepping up into this role where I represent, like, the Tyrell house at this point. So, right. I, and it shows, showing a lot safe. of faith. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, that's true, too. That's I love that too. scene with
5: the High Sparrow where, I mean, first of all, she did anybody else pick up on, like, I mean, I just read this. I'm not going to take credit for it, but the, the the scripture she quotes seems to be very kind of in line with what her agenda is. She, like, talks about this, like, smoothing the stone thing where it's this, like, kind of devious, like, arguably traditionally feminine, like, passive way of taking power, like, behind the scenes kind of thing. Mm, yeah. You know? yeah. but uh, well, she's then,
3: always been uh, one of my favorite characters for that reason. She's been... She should have been queen three times already, you know, and she is now finally, but she was always one of the more clever, crafty people and mm-hmm. uh, not in an evil way, but in sort of a much more political way. She's, she's sort of... Uh, not as murderous uh Frank Underwood in this show, which is what I always really appreciated about her. So I'm very yeah. curious where yeah. she's yeah. going with
0: that. She's very dangerous because up till now, like, the the her smirk has kinda given away like her game and all those things is like she's opening she's openly operating the game, but now we're gonna see if her acting can take her far like she's much more dangerous now because like that's the thing that like had her downfall with Cersei is Cersei knew what she was doing and what she was gaming for and then cersei had to act out and but like i feel like this is a fall from grace so i do agree with sean and that's like marjorie is way more fucking dangerous now that she's like oh, so taking yeah. full advantage and, um, yeah
5: and um i'm sorry i'm just in the habit of calling him bernie sanders now um, <laughs> <John of> the <laughs> character the tension is so high like i think they're setting up them to be like the principal like the principles in that conflict in king's landing just because he can tell that she's still playing a game with that veiled threat toward her mother like he's just like ah, i loved it when he looked at her, he's just waiting for her to break and mm. she's like oh my mother like <laughs> 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 oh, it's so great
3: I, I uh can we just give it up for oleana just tearing a new one to Cersei like, holy shit that
1: was, <laughs> yeah that was, that was incredible was <laughs> that was so great you've lost like, like it's just it. like
0: oh like in her line about just talking about like how like I'll never forget that moment my only oh that was great that felt like consolation a is like, like
3: that's a great bit of characterization we don't get enough of in this show like with the speed like that was great just her reflecting on something that I forgot about like oh yeah she was yeah. there when she like proudly was like look, look at your fucking kid. Look, look at them go.
2: You know, like, uh, it's, yeah, that's great. Yeah, because what, what I love about Oleana is she's always been, like, this really rational character, but now that she's, like, kind of leaving the scene for a little bit, you know, I think she feels that she can kind of speak her mind at Cersei, and, you know, Cersei's, like, coming to her for help because, I mean, at this point, like, she has really no one there in King's Landing to turn to. Like, she's lost her son. She's lost Jaime. Like, all she has is, like, the zombie mountain following her around, <laughs> and uh, and now that she's coming to like Elena, like she's coming to Elena for help. Elena's just like so comfortably, just like being like, "Fuck you, like get the fuck out." Like I have no sympathy for you at all. <laughs> yeah.
5: such grace and defeat.
2: <laughs> yeah, but um, kind of going back to the point that you were making, Jack, uh, about uh, how dangerous Marjorie is, and I, I agree. Like, what? So Cersei's dangerous in a different way, in that she's like kind of unpredictable in the in the sense that you don't really know what she's gonna do, but she's always she kind of got her Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the thing is like you you know that like you know what you're dealing with when you deal with Cersei. Like Marjorie, you know, so I, I'm I'm an attorney and we, we always say that like the, the, the people that you're most afraid to negotiate with are people who are very nice. Um, right. but also, like, have a, like, a hidden agenda where they're trying to manipulate, and they use niceness as a way to manipulate. And Marjorie has that in spades. Like, she, you know, is, is, is very... She has her agenda, but she, like... You kind of want to get along with her, right? So it's like, you could, you could see, like, kind of where she's going with that.
1: And she's yeah. the one
2: who makes the most sense to take down
3: the sparrow, because one of the big things that's keeping them from them is the sparrow represents, you know, the people. And so, like, the big thing is, like, if the rich people come in with their rich army and murder him. It's like, no, poor people, you can't have a savior. And so Marjorie already has the support of the people, and so it's very much a case of... If anyone could get past his, like, the Sparrow's use of the people as his weapon of choice, like, it's her. Like, I kind of want to see her set up some kind of horrible saw, like... (laughs) Death chamber for John the Price by the end, but yeah. we'll see if it goes that
0: far. <laughs> I, I don't know. We're, I mean, I think I think I'm curious because we need to see Marjorie be more dangerous, and I think the issue is going to what's going to become of Loras Tyrell. Like, I can see him coming out of this darker and maybe more dangerous and them them being a terrifying combination because they've been nice to this point, but now it's like, fuck you and everyone else. So (laughs) I'm curious to see where this whole thing goes because I would really – I really hate the changes they did to Loras Tyrell in this series from the book because I really enjoyed Loras in the book and I think that – because he's just a classically – he just have he's a classical like knightly character chivalrous like with night, chivalrous yeah. character that just happens to be gay like that's that's essentially what it comes down to and it's such an interesting characterization where as they kind of make him more of a ponce in the show and i'm just kind of like i'm not for that you know
3: well i agree completely. you want to have some agency
2: again yeah, I feel like yeah. That.
0: And,
1: just, and they don't even just really, just really
2: a... make like like grm doesn't really even like bring his like homosexuality to the forefront um like it's not really obvious that he's like gay in the in the books like you can kind of read into it, obviously, but you know, he just kind mm. of portrays him as like this, like really chivalrous guy, um, while the the TV show like really kind of focuses on that on that character trait and like kind of they makes they him- do
0: that. They do that multiple ways. They talk about his like you know, his line saying, like, he was my prince, there will never be another Like I mean it's pretty it's pretty self stated that he's gay. It's just interesting like the way the love comes about. It's much more it's it's probably much more representative of what love in this period was kinda like. It's a combination of kinda like like bro-ness and that sort of thing that I think is my much more interesting to like homosexuality in the medieval period. So I think I think like George R. R. Martin represents that probably much more realistically then it would have been presented, whereas, like, they kind of present it very, like, you know, very in a very modern setting of, like, yeah, we're just gay, you know? It's not like there's love between two individuals, and, and it well, did feel it's, it's more... Also, uh
3: it's also, like, kind of the difference between Alexander, like, because I always found, like, Renly and, and was more kind of a parallel to Alexander's uh, long-time love, and it's 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 similar to, compared to the movie of Alexander, where he's like, I can't stop falling in love with you, and, like, they were literally turning into... Oh, pain yeah. Pain yeah. Pain no, pain, that's... You know, versus... You're right. Like that, the, the idea of romance in the medieval period is different than the way we consider it today. But you're right. You kind of got to make it more like he's a hot guy. It looks like guys, and it's cool if they do that. But you're right. It sucks that we didn't get the Schubert part of it too. Right. So I do agree with there. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm cool to have a positive gay character, but it kind of sucks that we've just seen, him, especially since we've just seen him suffer for two years at this point. Yes. Yeah. Give him some agency so well. back
0: like i mean that's the thing is like in the in the thing you gave him some agency he goes off and like he suffers because he's like sieging a castle and he gets injured severely like you know that's such a much more noble death than like some religious zealots capture him and torture him him in a cell forever you know what i mean like it's not Mm -hmm. it's it it, like it's really he's he's becomes plot expediency and cutting down on a on on an issue that's going on so it's just kind of like yeah he's like know. the
2: Rickon he's the Rickon Stark of the south at this point
0: like- <laughs> yeah and he's a very and he's and, he, and I just I enjoy him in the book but even in the books I don't enjoy Rickon Stark so whatever
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right well we've got we gotta move on y'all so let's uh let's get to our last plot line which is uh Arya and Braavos uh so I think Trevor if you want to Kind of sluts yeah, sluts. there's
5: a there's not a whole lot to summarize here.
2: <laughs>
5: so uh, I'll, I'll I'll just bitch go ahead and bitch gets stabbed. Uh, leave, yeah, all right, thanks, thanks, Jack, thanks for stealing my did his job You know order. what? I'm just gonna summarize each shot now, like it. <laughs> um, no, but it to Arya. She, she she does have like a little a little like return to badass Arya moment, kind of where she just is. Just approaching the first person she hears talking about sailing out of Bravos back to Westeros, it seems like. And she just slams a bag of gold down on the table and was like, I want to go. And he's like, <laughs> no, it's not enough money. And she slings another bag of gold on the table that's bigger. And she's like, I want a cabin. I want my own room. And we leave at dawn. And I'll see you tomorrow. And it's just, like, it was It was satisfying. And he's he's like, where did you get the gold? Like, where did you steal it from? And I'm just like, why do you care? It's just, it was, that, that was satisfying for moment. And then, yeah, she goes to the bridge. She's looking at the sunset, new horizon creepy old lady comes up behind her and is like, hello, and just,
1: <laughs> <laughs> she should totally see it coming, because
5: she's just this, this, this creepy old
0: woman, It's like, no nice
5: girl, and then she just stabs her, it's the waif, of course, it's the waif, and she just yeah. grabs her around from behind and disembowels her, essentially, so guts.
0: yeah, no, she, she got you know, gut shot, Arya, like, makes something of an escape,
5: rolls off the bridge into the water, swims away, the waif just, you know, looks down, thinks that her job is done, and then we just see Arya... Roaming through the streets, like, looking Askins at people, like, holding her guts in.
2: While <laughs> that- people just be like, oh,
5: no, no, another, like, person bleeding to death in the street.
3: <laughs> well, I didn't like how Arya got stabbed. I did like that shot, at least, because it did show, like, man, if the faceless men are after you, that is fucking terrifying. Yeah. Like, literally every single person could be a murderer. That's mm-hmm. uh, terrifying. That's really cool. But... Oh, why'd she let her guard down? Why, Arya? Yeah,
0: you don't piss very, off
3: evil murderers.
0: <laughs> yeah, she was very, like, she, very, like, she, she was very nonchalant. And yet yeah. she didn't have it on her.
5: Like, just, I don't know. If she did, she didn't have her, yeah. I
3: kept sense. expecting it to be a ruse or something. Like, I kept expecting her to have, like, a blood bag or something. Like, oh, Me no, she, too. she just got stabbed. Like, oh, <laughs> goddammit,
2: Arya. Yeah. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, what killed me is she had been going through all this training for such a long time, and then, you know, everyone knows, like, this fucking stranger who's coming up to you, like, come on, you're in, like, you're in bravos like, you should have your guard. You know that the faceless men are after you, like, you should have your guard up, and I don't know. Especially, like... like why is
0: she so visible and like staring at the giant Talos uh, stand-in and like doing all this stuff? Like she just she was just so nonchalant about everything, and that's the thing is like like she got gut shot because of it, and I think that's the thing. And I, I had another interesting thing is like, does the gut shot wound like why was it like why was it a double gut stab? Like I mean, it's just very it was a weird place to get stabbed.
3: I figured it was because the Waif wanted her to suffer because like as he said. Yeah he yeah. wants you to make it quick yeah. it, and she has the ability to just cut her throat or stab her in the heart and kill her immediately but she stabs her in the gut because she wants her to suffer she hates fucking Arya, and we and all she's that not listening coming, to him so i think was, that was a big part of that was like she got stabbed her because she wanted her to suffer
5: yeah right like whenever jack and uh tells her to make it quick we're all like no nah. she's dude you you should go you, just, her you saw her face like, like the only she, goes, two she goes
0: okay and i'm like yeah that's the <laughs> worst acting ever that anyone's ever done i can't tell if that actress is a great actress or like worst actress i literally it's, it's one of the two yeah. <laughs> she's got
3: permanent bitch face and i don't know if that's like thing like in the show or just like her char- actress you know i don't know i
2: don't know <laughs> so uh, do we think Arya's is going to survive Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She would be dead by now. I
0: mean, she how? Wasn't. I don't
2: yeah.
5: know. Like, is she gonna get a like miracle work done by the faceless men
3: again? Because that doesn't seem likely.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, I bet you. I bet you. What's happening is, I'm sorry. This is training montage. He intends for her to kill Waif
3: Right. I think it's like the final
0: Um, thing. I think. I think. I. I mean, that's what I think. I mean, though, it would make sense. It it could go either way because, like, her reclaiming needle, reclaiming who she is, diverging from the faceless men at this point with new combat skills. Like, it makes sense. It's just like, where the fuck is she gonna go, and where's her storyline gonna go? Well, I would like to. This is way beyond where the books are.
3: I'd like to point out the episode title for next episode is No One. So I think we're definitely Ooh. going to be getting a answer to
1: that. <laughs> yep. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yes.
2: I think the, uh, the theory that I've heard uh, most bandied about is that she's going to go back to the actors and Lady Crane, and they're going to be able to, like, nurse her back to health. Um,
5: but how are they going to repair her stomach? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm sure they'll find a way.
0: I <laughs> wonder if that affects... Does anyone have any questions about whether or not it might affect her ability to have children?
3: Oh, well, is that something that's, that might be interesting? But I feel like it's so far down the
1: line for uh, Yeah, <laughs> I, I,
0: I think I think it's not a, it's not a it would be a plot point with Sansa. It's not a plot point with Arya. That did kind yeah. of
5: occur to me, but I, it's more like the intestines at this point, yeah. man. Like
0: right, <laughs> it is yeah, the like same you know, way it's just like she's her, dead. Uh, <laughs> that
4: uh, Rob Stark's wife was murdered, just you know, several dagger stabs that's true. to the belly. That's
0: yeah, true. that's I kept thinking about that. Yeah, as well. and, uh, was,
4: she
3: fell in that dirty Bravo's river. She's she's getting in the She's infected. Oh, oh, God. <laughs> <of dirty> water.
2: <laughs> yeah, that didn't look pretty. <laughs> Alright. Well, let's uh let's go ahead and wrap this thing up and let's uh end it with uh predictions for next episode. Um so I'll go ahead and start with uh, I'll start with you, Jack, this time.
0: So I said I, – I, the problem with Game of Thrones now is that you're not totally sure in which direction each individual is going to go. Like, I'm sure we're going to get another little bit – we're going to at least get a little bit of Bran doing whatever the fuck Bran does nowadays and, like, have a completion of that. <laughs> but, like, the problem is it's, like, betting on these things is kind of difficult because, like, this episode's like, yeah, it just – you know, the last week I was talking about Brienne. And, like, we went to Riverrun, but it was table setting in River Run. Like, Brienne's not in there. Like, there's no way to know how quick it's going to advance this shit. <laughs> like." <laughs> Bran is Bran last last couple episodes was moving at the speed of plotline was moving at the speed of light and Arya has been dragging for like literally 3 seasons like like uh, it's really hard to predict like how far it's going to go. I can tell you what's going to happen probably by the end of this season and I think that that's the thing is I think that in the next two episodes we're going to see Lady Stoneheart. And I was saying that before is like we here's what's here's what is absolutely going to happen. Whatever the fuck is going to st- Happen at River Run is going to go down or at least have a change. So I think Brian's going to show up at River Run and it's going to affect how things are happening down there so i think we're gonna see lady stoneheart is either gonna show up in the next two episodes and brianne's gonna show up and it's gonna have a come to jesus moment with jamie and then caitlin's gonna see that and maybe that'll like motivate like the her hanging her so we'll see how that plays out i don't know again more spoilers ahead um but this is all predictions because we have no idea what the fuck is happening in the show at this point
3: (laughs) (laughs) right it's fun to actually
2: predict all right ben go for it what do you think is gonna happen next episode
3: yeah, I just, uh, sorry, Jack, I hadn't seen the promo, so I didn't listen to what you said <laughs> I was watching the promo. <laughs> no worries. My apologies. Um, uh, so it looks like we get a lot of King's Landing, we get a lot of Blackfish, and it looks like we're finally going to get the Waif. We Arya, next episode, we're finally going to end that. I uh, definitely think the Waif is going to die. I don't see Arya dying right now. I just don't think her plot would make sense. I mean, yes, uh, characters die in Game of Thrones and it really sucks, but generally they have an arc that makes sense, and I just don't feel like her arc is done i just don't see her dying yet uh so i think she's gonna kill the wave and possibly yeah that it's gonna be a whole setup from jackin and uh as for king's Landing, it looks like uh cersei's gonna wreck some fools and uh, i don't know when that's gonna go because she's gonna looks like she's gonna murder some faith militant next episode um i'm assuming it's gonna be a big showdown between her and tommen i think that's what's gonna happen if she's gonna murder some people says tommen come with me fuck these people right and she's probably gonna be told uh you're banished or something horrible like that. So I don't
2: think it's going to end well. Well done. Well done. All right. Uh, Sarah. Well,
4: that's a little bit unfair considering I have not seen this promo that Ben just so vividly described. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to watch that as as, as we're done with this, uh, with this podcast. Um, but yeah, I mean, if the episode is called no one, then I definitely think, you know, something big is going to happen with Arya. I think it might be possible, but that she does die or rather perhaps she dies after a fashion and that somehow completes her training as one of the faceless men to, you know, fully serve the God of death. She has to die and then come back or something to that effect. I don't know. Like you said, it doesn't really make sense where their story are 'cause because she's trying to reclaim who she is by going back to Westeros and getting Needle back and all of that. But I don't know. God of Death, Arya's pretty close to death at this point.
0: Yeah, it's a I theory. mean, it's going to be issues. She seems to be running around next episode, so it may just be a non-point because um, it shows her jumping between alleyways. Oh, damn. In the promo for next episode, so like I'm very oh, confused wow. how she but got gut she shot got this episode, shot or maybe that's not yeah, her. Yeah, she was doing like, Assassin's she's wearing Creed moves. Was... No, it's like it's definitely yeah. an Assassin's Creed moment of her jumping through city alleys, and I'm like, man, yeah. you cannot do that if you're gut shot. So I don't understand how that's so Imagine something it's is yeah oh, that's if what i was assume. actually wearing her face that
3: might be interesting but,
0: that yeah, yeah they could do that they like, they like kill oh my god that'd be so amazing if they like uh, i'm gonna call this if they like fight wearing each other's faces and then like that'd shoot be so weird. So <laughs> and then they take off each other's faces and it's aria flips gonna lie. and then they do it again and then again
3: <laughs> 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 well, i hope it gets down to a fight for jackan Jack and randomly has a gun and there's two Arya's. He's like, no, oh, I'm the real
2: one. I'm the real one. <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't think they can wear her face until she's dead, right? You can't. Don't you worry. Can't you so... can always tell
0: Waif because she has bigger tits. <laughs> oh, oh,
2: wow, wow alright. She's, that,
1: that was weird. Okay, oh, I
2: think, yes. I think <laughs> That's it. Jack. You've had too much to drink. It's time to unwrap this up. All right, Trevor, go predictions for next.
5: Uh, week. I guess just for mine, along the same Arya track, I'll go ahead and take issue with you, Sean. I do not think she's going back to the actors as much as we all love the actors. I do not want to see Arya like sick in bed, recovering for another two episodes. Uh, I think some yeah, magic is gonna happen because you don't come back from having your, your intestines sliced up. Even in Game of Thrones, I think you know. Of course, I'm saying that in the episode where the Hound fucking came back. So, um,
2: right,
1: which was even yeah. more ridiculous. I could see
2: I could see a hound-type moment with her where they, like, speed up time, and it's, like, a couple of weeks later, and she's, like, recovered fully no, and just, like, no. chilling. With yeah, her. not
0: next episode, no, Sean. I don't know.
5: I, I think taking off of Sarah's, too, I don't know about, the like, having to die to complete her training thing, because I thought that I don't know, it was kind of weird that the drinking of the water that's supposed to kill you didn't kill her moment kind of got glossed yeah. over in that sense, because I feel like that accomplished that, or at least it should have. Um, right.
0: Well, right, where they Jack just don't trust her. Really no
5: one, then you don't have anything to fear from the water of death.
0: So. Well, it's interesting that she's no one, but at the same time, she just doesn't agree to kill people. Like I'm curious as to where the fuck that comes in, you know? No, I think like how, a, like, I, she's feel like I feel like I feel like the no one like like the like the no one, like, the the, like, like, to, like the faceless god is still so fucking Non-defined and like I need I need more information really to tell you what the fuck is going to happen. But maybe that's what they're doing on ten- intentionally to leave us, you know, in the dark. I don't know.
2: Yeah.
3: All right. I would like to uh, point out that the actress who plays Waif is 29, so. So Jack really? is gross but not too gross. Yeah, no, And that crazy. No, no, no. I'm
0: He's not 29. I'm not being gross. Like I'm actually making a point I'm is just like with you. like no, 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 no. I am making a point because like the faceless man's like face technology is all over the fucking place. Like it's magic right. sometimes can, and sometimes it's place. like no, I actually have a point with this cuz like it's Arya takes problems. On, yeah, I get you. No, no, like yeah. she takes on different roles and stuff and like their their bodies morph with the tech and I'm just oh, like, yeah. "Wait, yeah, what the fuck is happening sense, yeah. like yeah. And, and and like and i get the, like and like wait and there's like that whole you forget that whole scene where like arya is just pulling the one face after another off the guy and it was like a huge man and then it's waif and there's a huge man and then it's waif yeah. and i'm like <laughs> why where was the shrinking happening <laughs> like cuz like it's always like part magic and part like they actually chop somebody's face off and there's like a mm-hmm. process to it so like i'm i'm always like i'm actually like i'm making a joke but like i am like partially annoyed but like their non-specificity about like whether or not it's a technical process and they have technical processes, or it's like a an, a very specific magic,
1: right? right. And I think All they're right, making well, a point we'll because it. the
0: the cold represents. Um, clinical thought and non-passion. So I think they're making a technical. I think they're they're suggesting it is magic, but at the same time, it's you know technical magic. I don't know, like something along those lines. Yeah. Whatever. This is. Yeah. I'm done. I'm too dry for this now.
2: <laughs> it's officially time to end the podcast, Sean. I know. Well, it's time. I need to get my prediction in. Damn it. <laughs> so, um, I think. Well, obviously, this is episode eight. That's coming up next time. So a lot of it's going to be table setting for the big battle scene that's going to happen in episode nine, as is this tradition. And I think uh, we mentioned this uh, last time, but the guy who directed Hard Home is going to be directing uh, episodes 9 and 10, which... Uh, is it? Yep, yes. Yep, yep. So I think I think 9 is going to be a huge battle scene. We're going to have uh, Snowball, so I think we're going to see the playing out of uh, the letter to uh, Littlefinger, and I think that Yuri's going to join with, uh, with the Starks, and I... And I think we're also going to see how uh, what happens with the, the Blackfish and whether or not he's going to send his troops up north because they're going to have to set up that battle. Um, oh, I think shit. we're also going to see some a lot of stuff going on with Danny because Danny wasn't in uh, this episode at all. Um, but I think it's now too late for them to set up the battle of Slater's Bay to have that done by the end of the season. So I think they're just going to skip that. So those are my. I don't know that they're
0: going to skip it, but I think like we need to look at. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, Sean, but like I'm starting to think the battle is actually going to be at River Run. Do
3: you think so?
0: Well, they seem to be setting it up. They had a lot of. They they seem to have invested in that uh, in that setup. Do you know what I mean? They invested in that set quite a bit, and this and there was a lot of and then showed a lot of fucking extras in that setup. And I was wondering, like, you can really, like, create that setup just by shooting Jamie in a bunch of tents and stuff, do you know? Like, you could, you could right. accomplish that much easier, like, doing other things. So it's going to be interesting. Like, why wouldn't they... uh why wouldn't? Why are they doing that? If only for, to like, because that's going to be the scene where they're going to be battle, and they're able, they're able to, to sorry, they're able to like cheaply film um, some sh- scenes of like extras there because they've already already filmed the battle
2: scene there. That's fair. No, that's a fair point. I think the only thing that I would say though is that like John's like right now he's camped out with his army like right outside of Winterfell, like pretty much where Stannis was camped out earlier on. And like a that's fair. The, so they it would moved be it a quite a bit for
0: forward this time. You know? Yeah, clearly John is headed in there. So like, the only like answer for him to survive is like if is if Peter shows up, which is probably going to happen. So I bet you're right. Uh, I'm just not convinced that like bastard bowl is going to happen now. Whether or not like Ramsay abandons Winterfell and John's and Winterfell having to deal with Peter seems a much more likely case. And Ramsay. Yeah heads south and tries to draw the banners of the Northmen, and then it's a decision between the two, and he heads back to uh, the Dreadfort. You know,
2: right, right.
0: Which yeah, seems more, which seems much more logical to me. And then maybe like Ramsey does something with Rickon. Yeah, because the point well, like John note, can't we've... march because they're gonna. Okay, go ahead. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying we've got to, we've got to wrap it up, y'all. But uh. Thanks so much uh, for joining us this episode, and uh, join us next week, uh, and we will be reviewing uh, episode eight, which is called No One.
1: Take care.